It's Tuesday, October 8th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. The U.S. is putting a bunch of Chinese companies on a blacklist, but the reason apparently has nothing to do with the ongoing trade war. We'll explain what this latest move is all about. Then, the Supreme Court is back in session and already tackling cases that could impact the lives of millions of people. And finally, it's still Nobel Prize week, which means more scientists are getting an early morning wake-up call. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by CarMax, the way it should be. The most complicated story today is about blacklists. No, not the TV show. Economic blacklists. The U.S. just blocked a bunch of Chinese artificial intelligence and surveillance companies from dealing with the U.S., which could cause them a lot of economic pain and impact U.S.-China trade talks, which already weren't going great. So today we're going to get into what the U.S. just announced, why the U.S. did it, and how this blacklist could impact economic tensions between the U.S. and China. First up, the blacklist. In a surprise move, the Commerce Department has announced that 28 Chinese companies and government agencies could no longer buy stuff from the U.S. without the U.S. government's approval. The thing all 28 had in common? They're all sort of big brothery. Think state-of-the-art surveillance companies, facial recognition companies, or state security agencies. According to Bloomberg, two Chinese video surveillance companies on the blacklist control a third of the global video surveillance market. So. These aren't just rent-a-cops. And several of these companies source products from all over the world, including from the U.S. They buy parts from American tech companies like Intel. But now they'll have to go elsewhere, which means the entire global tech market could feel this. So why is the U.S. singling out these Chinese companies and government agencies? According to the U.S. Commerce Department, the reason has to do with human rights. Specifically, the U.S. is saying these companies and government agencies are violating people's human rights in China, that they're part of a, quote, campaign of repression, mass arbitrary detention, and high technology surveillance, specifically against ethnic minorities, like the Uyghurs, Kazakhs, and other Muslim groups. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, come again? Well, for the last decade, the U.S. and a bunch of other countries have been watching with alarm as China's government continues to persecute Muslim ethnic groups in Western China. Up to a million people are imprisoned in mass detention camps, where reportedly they're subjected to forced labor and brainwashing. China claims these camps are actually like vocational schools, and that the people in them need to be steered away from terrorism, but no one really believes them. Instead, outside experts say these prison-like camps are about erasing the religious identity of China's Muslims and replacing it with allegiance to the Chinese Communist Party. Even Uyghur Muslims not in the camps are living in a surveillance state. When New York Times reporters visited Uyghur Muslim neighborhoods in Western China this year, they saw video cameras everywhere, on top of buildings, inside mosques, and shops. Cameras that use AI to identify each person and track their every move and interaction. Then computer systems, run by the Chinese government, reportedly crunch all that data and recommend whether people should be investigated or even arrested. And the U.S. is now saying the companies that make this 1984-style surveillance state a reality in China can no longer work with the U.S. 
This new blacklist marks the first time in the ongoing trade war that the U.S. has brought up concerns about human rights. But the U.S. has reportedly been thinking about punishments like this for a while. The Trump administration drafted human rights-related sanctions against China earlier this year, though it didn't end up implementing them. But now, the gloves are coming off. So where does this leave the U.S.-China trade talks? For now, the U.S. says this new blacklist has nothing to do with the trade talks. Trump officials say this is about preventing American tech from being used to repress people around the world. Republican Senator Marco Rubio made that case on CNBC today. This is not a trade matter. This is a national security and human rights matter, and that's why the companies find themselves on that list. But it's hard to imagine this latest move won't at least complicate trade talks. Chinese negotiators are supposed to begin trade talks in Washington on Thursday. China hasn't called off the trip, but the country's hinting to the U.S., brace yourself, we're ready to retaliate. So what's the skim? China's gotten used to the U.S. condemning its business practices as part of the ongoing trade war. But the U.S. decision to call out human rights issues that China outright refuses to acknowledge could really get under China's skin. That might already be happening. China's government got pretty aggressive this week because of a tweet that the general manager of a pro basketball team in Houston sent in support of protests in Hong Kong. You might have seen that on the Daily Skim this morning. The Chinese government swooped right in and blocked preseason NBA games from being televised in China. So things are already tense in a bunch of different ways, and this new blacklist is adding fuel to the fire. Not only that, while we were taping the show today, the U.S. took another step by banning some Chinese officials behind the Muslim crackdown from traveling to the U.S. So that's probably also not going to go over very well. If the U.S.-China trade war still has your head spinning, we got you. Head on over to theskim.com money to learn more about how trade wars can affect your wallet. Coming up, a couple of landmark cases concerning the rights of the LGBTQ community have made their way to the Supreme Court. We'll tell you what's at stake after the break. Shopping for a used car can be stressful. That's where CarMax comes in. They roll out millions of cars with their vetting process and select only the best ones to become CarMax certified. Plus, they have a seven-day money-back guarantee. So if you change your mind, you can bring the car back for a full refund, no questions asked. It's horsepower with zero remorse power. Discover how easy car buying can be at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way it should be. The Supremes are back in action. Yesterday, the Supreme Court justice took to the bench to hear their first set of cases since summer vacation. And today, they heard two really big ones that could affect the LGBTQ community. The first is Bostock versus Clayton County, Georgia. And the second is RG and GR Harris Funeral Homes versus the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. The first one, Bostock versus Clayton County, merges two cases involving Gerald Bostock, a gay man who used to work for a county government in Georgia, and a guy named Don Zarda, a gay man who worked for a skydiving company. He's since passed away. The second case has to do with a transgender woman named Amy Stevens, who used to work for a funeral home. All three people argue they were discriminated against because of their sexual orientation or gender identity, and then fired from their jobs. They say they shouldn't have been fired because Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 bans discrimination at work on the basis of race, color, 
religion, sex, or national origin. And that, on the basis of sex, should include gender identity and sexual orientation. So there's this independent agency that enforces federal laws protecting workers from discrimination. And they agree. That's the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, which initially sued the funeral home on Stevens' behalf. A few years ago, they broadened their interpretation of Title VII to include protections for LGBT people from discrimination. But some people, including those in the Trump administration, say the law doesn't explicitly protect those identity groups and that it's Congress's job to amend it so it does. There is a bill in Congress right now that would add those groups to the law, but it's unlikely at this point that it would pass. For now, 21 states and the District of Columbia have taken action by themselves to protect those two groups of people. But that means that more than half of states still allow discrimination based on gender identity or sexual orientation. That's why all eyes were on the court today, to see what the Supremes think about all of this. And the answer is, we don't really know yet. The justices only just heard the arguments today. What we do know is that five of these nine justices were appointed by Republican presidents. And their votes tend to line up with conservative ideologies. The swing justice who helped legalize same-sex marriage in 2015, Anthony Kennedy, retired last year. And this is the first Supreme Court case dealing with LGBTQ rights since he left. So we'll just have to wait and see. However the justices rule, it'll likely have a huge impact on the future of the 4 million LGBT workers who live in states where there are currently no job discrimination protections. The Supreme Court's two rulings on this matter are expected in the summer. Also, make sure you check out our special episode this Friday. We're going to go deep on how cases get to the court, what other cases they're going to hear, and how the Supreme Court might get pulled into the impeachment battle. It's Mental Health Awareness Week, and when it comes to the day-to-day, a lot of us probably find ourselves at the office. Well, according to a new study published in Harvard Business Review, researchers say for a lot of people, the struggle is real. 86% said that their company's culture should support mental health, and that the most common resources employees wanted were things like mental health training, an explanation of what resources are out there, and simply having an office environment that's open about the role mental health plays while on the job. But less than half of those surveyed felt that mental health was a priority at their company. Not only that, the study found that 50% of millennials and 75% of Gen Zers said they had to leave their jobs because of mental health reasons. The good news is, there is a lot of reporting out there about how millennials are embracing ways to manage their mental health and have even been called the therapy generation, which helps to further break down the stigma about just being able to talk about it. For more on mental health awareness, visit our website, theskim.com health. Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you from an exoplanet near you. This morning, the Nobel Prize Committee called three guys to tell them they'd won the award in physics. I mean, it's it's so big. I mean, it's it's, it's so emotional. That's Didier Kahlo talking to the Nobel Foundation. He shared the award with James Peebles and Michelle Mayor for changing how we see the universe. 24 years ago, Kalo and Mayor discovered the first exoplanet, 
or a planet that orbits a solar-type star outside of our solar system. A solar-type star is kind of like our sun, and thanks to these scientists, thousands of other exoplanets since then have been discovered. Talk about an out-of-this-world discovery. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to add the skim to your morning routine, you can sign up for our free newsletter, The Daily Skim, right on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox.